Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. You're tuned in to Real-Time Relationships. Enter the world of successful relationships. You'll get insider tips on how to navigate the perils and pitfalls of modern dating and up-close-and-personal real-life stories you can relate to from Dr. Camarado's personal clients. Dr. Marianne Camarado is a relationship expert, author, and media personality who continues to enjoy her own long-term successful relationship. And now, here's Real-Time Relationships with Dr. Marianne Camarado. Welcome, everybody, to Real-Time Relationships. My name is Marianne Camarado. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to be talking about meditation and relationships on this program. A lot of us, well, I, I could almost say most of us in the Western culture have had some exposure uh, to meditation. We've either heard about it or experienced firsthand, or most of us listening, I should say, uh, the benefits of meditation or just meditation in general. I was thinking the other day, my first exposure to meditation uh, was when I was barely 20 years old. Um, I was struggling with lots of anxiety and went to a uh, class I can't even remember what or why I went to this class except to say I wanted to help myself in some way uh, relax. And there were a bunch of people sitting around and they were chanting. And I literally lasted about 30 seconds and thought, oh, my gosh, what the heck is going on here? And I left. But something sucked, right? And then I found over the years different forms of meditation. Moving meditation was my first love because I couldn't sit still. The anxiety was so rough, I just couldn't sit still with myself. It actually created more anxiety. So for me, that was my personal portal, and it inspired me. Um, uh, Recently, this program was inspired by my uh, re-commitment to a sitting practice that my husband and I, we've meditated over the uh, entire length of our relationship for the past almost 15 years now, but we're, we're upping our game. We're, we're sitting twice a day instead of just once a day, and things are shifting and changing, and I thought, oh my gosh, uh, meditation is so wonderful and healing, so hence my enthusiasm for creating this particular program. Um, we know the benefits of meditation uh, in, in science. Uh, there are so many studies out now on how meditation uh, benefits at, at the physical level uh, by stimulating the body's self-repair mechanisms and self-regulation. Um, there are studies about how it lowers blood pressure, decreases inflammation. Um, it slows the aging process. I can even reverse the aging process uh, at a cellular level, they say. There's something called upregulation and downregulation, which is turning on and off the genes that contribute to diseases. Um, and the psychological benefits are enormous. 
um, including reduced feelings of stress. Like I said, I was having anxiety, and over over time, um, meditation, moving meditation, uh, in in particular, helps me uh, get a grip on my, on my my embodied sense of myself. Help me come back home. Um, it reduces and creates feeling uh, reduces stress while increasing feelings of relaxation and peace. Gives us a sense of an expanded awareness. Uh, healing emotions, increased feelings of love, joy, equanimity, gratitude. Um, it can decrease experiences of painful emotions that constrict that awareness, like anger, hostility, fear, shame, depression, and and so on. It actually helps improve sleep uh, and, and decreases addictive behavior. Uh, there's a lot of research Doing that. Today's program, we're going to touch on some of this, but we're going to focus on how meditation can help you achieve better relationships, more fulfilling relationships. Uh, so while there's a great personal benefit to meditation, uh, we are going to emphasize the mutual benefits med- meditation might have in your relationship, whether it's with a significant other, partners, friends, etc. Um, beginning with the premise that the more you know and love yourself, the more available and skilled you'll be at relating and being in relationship with others, uh, helping you manage your reactivity. I don't know about you, but I have reactivity to <laughs> certain experiences in life. And I have tension, right? Um, it'll help with co-regulation, the way we mirror uh, each other, the mirror neurons help uh, each other stay within our window of tolerance. Uh, we'll explain what that means, if that's a foreign concept. We'll probably touch on that today. How meditation helps us foster compassion and tolerance for our humanness. We're so complex and there's so much going on. And how it can help create greater intimacy, better sexual relations, and more, fami- uh, more fulfilling communication. So today, um, I reached out to a colleague and a psychotherapist uh, friend, Christine, uh, who's going to be joining us today who's delighted to talk about something that she said to me uh, during the break um, before we got started this morning. You know, people don't ask me about this. They rarely bring it up. It's sort of like the the, the big uh, secret. It's the open secret, as they say. And how uh, she's going to share with us how meditation has informed her life and her relationships with herself and others. And we're so glad to have you with us, Christine. Thanks for joining us and making time to be here. Thanks, Marianne. I'm happy to be here with you all. Yay! <laughs> and, and you have a wealth of information. I mean, you have been meditating for for many, many years. Let's start with talking about how you came to meditation and why. Well, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, I really, in a very informal way, started meditating when I was a child, but I didn't really realize at all what I was doing. But the grass would have just been mowed, and I would lie in the grass and look at the sky and watch the clouds go by and just feel completely at peace. And I would lie there for a very long time. And I was, like, probably five years old. And then I would go to my grandparents' farm in Indiana, and we'd sit in this big old barn, and sometimes the storms would come across the fields. And I'd just sit at these huge open windows and watch this rain just sweep through the crops and sweep across the grass and bend all the trees, and I would sit there, you know, for an hour, you know, not speaking, just really watching the storm. And I just found such incredible peace at that. Mm. 
Mm. And then when I was 22, I remember that I was really aware that there was a door I could open. And I just said to myself, I'm not going to open that door. I am not going to open that door. I am not going to open that door. And it was like, there's the unknown or whatever. And I was like, seriously, I was not going to open it. And then when I was 30, I think, around then, I had a dream. And this was a very bizarre dream. I thought I was on a motorcycle, and I don't ride motorcycles much, and I think I was behind someone, riding behind. I don't remember driving. And we were driving through snow up in the mountains and through terrible slush. I mean, just slush everywhere. And we pulled off at what was a restaurant off the side of the road. I thought, well, this is odd. And I went in, and all the languages were not languages that I spoke. And I thought, this is really, I just want some food, but what am I going to order? <laughs> so I looked up there, and I thought, well, I don't know any of these things, so I'll just order one. So I said, I'll take the bimpoche. And... Uh, <laughs> Then I was down at my table, and this man in a clown suit came out and danced around in front of me. Wow. And that was the end of my dream. Wow. So then I had to go look up the word Rinpoche, which I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, it's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, so many, many things then started, you know, happening after yeah, that. Yeah, and not just any teacher, a religious teacher, a holy person, yes, right? Holy, so that, holy that's teacher. A, yeah, that's a really important piece, I think, right? Whoa, you were visited in your dream. That's like an initiation in some yeah. in some um, practices and traditions, right? Uh, you have been initiated into meditation practice. Wow. Well, I think so. I mean, it was like, you know, you need to go look for your teacher. Um, and I was realizing that... Um, and, and I was, like, getting married, having children. I was very busy. I mean, you know, all these things were going on. And I did start going on some vision quests and, you know, doing a lot of reading. And, um, you know, I just really have always liked to be quiet and focus on something and, you know, just focus intently on something because I find it very, very, very relaxing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I look at something, I like to... Um, say, you know, okay, just look at that one thing, and usually in nature, what's the color, what are all the tones and hues, um, what's the shape and the lines and the delineation of what I'm looking at, um, you know, do I smell anything, do I hear anything, do I taste anything, and then what I do after that is I pull that feeling into my body, and I just sort of let it, you know, grow there like a fountain. And then I can open my eye. I can name it. I can put a word on it, like radiance. Mm. Mm. Radiance. And then I open my eyes and let that fountain just come out my eyes so that I'm looking out from radiance, which is something really I think all of us can have, I don't want to call it control, but maybe responsibility for where we look out from. And I know that's Mm. not a proper sentence, but... That we don't take responsibility for that. We look out and we go, okay, and yeah, we look for something. And mm. I'm saying, where am I looking from? That makes total sense to me. I mean, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful practice. Sorry about yeah. that. Beautiful practice. Um, I love it. The, the reorientation, right, that, that yes. shift in perspective. And one of the things when I was listening to you that occurred to me was this natural orientation you had as a young person I'm not sure if if you're out there listening if you look back in your own childhood and remember those places where you were naturally contemplative 
lying in the grass or wherever and looking up into the sky. What a, what a natural kind of meditation posture for a young person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's natural to us. Yet, so, But then my, my curiosity came and I thought, okay, life happened to you, Christine. Like, mm-hmm. you, you happened to life. There was mm-hmm. this dance you had. And then at 30, when you uh, revisited meditation, was it for some of the reasons that many of us come to meditation to help us with something, or was it to deepen something for you? Can you can you oh. share with us, yeah, what was going on for you that you embraced meditation again in a new way? Right. So I through think your dream. Was, like, I got the dream, but you know what right. I mean beyond that. I think it was because I felt some pain and I felt some sorrow and I felt some disconnection. Um, especially, you know, in my closest relationship, and I really was looking for something that could could help me shift in the way I needed to, to understand, to be more compassionate, to deepen my capacity to love, um, because I was a bit lost. I just mm-hmm. was experiencing things I had never experienced before and did not understand, and I was trying very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd care to share? Because we might relate. Like, what are what were some of the things that you were trying to understand? Like for me, I mentioned I was really struggling with anxiety. I didn't even have a specific thought. I just felt like this demon lived inside of me and would rear up. You know, I just would be frozen, and I just wanted help in not feeling that way. It was that simple for me, right? So I was immediately looking for ways to help myself just feel physically better, to take a deep breath. What was going on for you? Well, I think I felt disconnected um, from my husband in emotional ways, and that was really excruciatingly painful to me because I'm a very emotional, connected person. You know? mm-hmm. And I also grew up with three sisters and my mother and my father, so it was a very feminine, dominated family. And I don't mean dominated in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very positive. I mean, in, in, actually a lovely family. And, um, you know, my husband had a very different upbringing. And so he was, you know, very masculine, all these different things. And these two places come together. They're very lovely and passionate. And they also have extreme emotional differences, I think. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was experiencing. And I was really trying to get more ground underneath me Mm -hmm. and understand myself much better and, and understand him better. Beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. And where did you go to look? Did you find books? How did you hear? Tell us the story. Because, you know, back then there wasn't mm. Google. You know, well, I'll tell you, there right? wasn't Google, and I, I was really having a very difficult time finding things. Um, and because I would read things or go here or there, but it's like, okay, that didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went on a vision quest, and then I um, – went to all these workshops, and then I found Gabrielle's book. I happened to, Gabrielle Roth, mm-hmm. I happened to go into a bookstore, and lying there in the bookstore was this book called Maps to Ecstasy. Yes, I and I thought, book. oh, my gosh, that's for me. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> I had ecstasy. Sure. You know, yeah. so I went home. I read that whole book, and I thought, oh, okay, because I've always loved to dance. I didn't dance in dance classes because my mother, bless her heart, used to say, you know, you're too tall, you can never be a dancer. 
I, I don't know what that was, but that was like mm-hmm. the ballet days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, you know, had never really taken formal classes. Actually, I did in college, but that was different. And so I decided I would get up in the middle of the night and dance. If I woke up and I didn't feel good, I would get up and dance. So I was... It was very, very cold that winter, and it was the middle of the winter, and I'd put on my sweats, and my kids and my husband were asleep, and I'd come downstairs, and I'd dance for like an hour or two, and I'd dance all my emotions and all my feelings and my sorrow and everything I felt. So really, I was embodying it without knowing really what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go back to sleep, and in three days, I cured myself of waking up in the middle of the night, and I thought, okay, ah. this, this is for me, and I need to go find this woman, and so I did. And she was teaching in, in California, and so I went down to California, and then she came to Seattle where I live and danced here, and then she became my teacher, and she, I was with her for, I don't know, oh, I don't know, 20 years before she mm. died, 25 mm-hmm. years. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful story of following, again, I've been following a thread here, the natural momentum, the natural inclination when we're in pain or we are struggling to find some healing somehow, somewhere, regardless of the sort of the time that we're in. You know, right now, if anybody's out there healing, thank goodness we can go on Google and get all these, you know, we can download free meditation apps now that guide you through and all of this. I mean, it's extraordinary what we have today. Nonetheless, we have to have the impulse and the discipline to follow what, you know, what what we're here And listen, right? Like, listening Mm -hmm. is is probably harder today, right, to hear through all of the the many uh, overwhelming uh, stimulation, uh, all the stimulation that we're, we're is bombarded with on a regular basis, right? So that's that's a challenge right. that we all have today on some level. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned the word dance, which mm-hmm. when I first heard dance and I started moving meditation myself, um, it's been almost 20 years now, I was doing it on my own, like you, Christine. I, I mm-hmm. figured it out. It, I listened to my body and it told me, to just start moving and gesticulating and next thing I knew I would be in a frothy lather on the floor crying and moving about and then I felt better like it made sense oh this feels better my life is changing keep doing that that was by myself like you but I didn't know what it was when I found Gabrielle's book like you interestingly Mm -hmm. I never knew this story by the way Um, never (laughs) we both have a similar coming to moving meditation story it's interesting Mm. and I found the book and it gave me context like oh this is what part of what's happening for me Mm -hmm. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about moving meditation Mm. what that means versus sitting meditation and then let's talk a little bit about Meditation itself, the word, the etymology, it's a Latin der- derivation and has some French in there, too. Contemplation, prayer, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's the way that we consider or reconsider what's happening for ourselves. So from that perspective, let's talk about moving meditation, what we call dance, and let, let's just talk about um, that for folks listening. So they yeah. they might be thinking choreography and dancing. Mm. What, is that, what do you mean by dance? Tell us oh, about that. Right. I, well, I really do mean moving meditation. I mean embodiment, you know, through the body that all the body takes on, uh, you know, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, all the sensations, and they come out through movement. So I've been practicing moving meditation. Oh, let's see. I, 
I don't know. Relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo Air. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, 
Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here that you've taken your time and chosen to be with us. We are talking today on Real-Time Relationships about meditation practices and how it can, they can benefit your relationship, create greater intimacy, uh, your relationship with yourself. We talk about the four hungers in our work, um, and you probably have heard about that in, in some context. If you haven't, it's, it's a wonderful way to look at the realm of relationship. Uh, it's been said that we have four hungers as human beings for a relationship, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with another, the intimate kind, um, our relationship with God, the divine, uh, however you want to language that, and our relationship with community, humanity, the rest of the world. And so we're touching on all of those four hungers here today in some aspect um, through the lens of the benefits of meditation. Christine, you were talking uh, before the break about how you came to your meditation practice, how you were actually initiated, which I love that story, by a great dream from a Rinpoche, uh, a spiritual teacher, inviting you to find your teacher. You told us how you did. Gabrielle Roth became uh, a big, big influence in your life. And then moving meditation helped you ameliorate and address some of the, the issues that were going on, in, in, including sleep and relationship issues. So uh, we've covered a lot of ground here, folks, but we're going to start moving into relationship dynamics with the other. We've talked about relationship with ourselves. We can see how meditation helps there, obviously, right? And if there's no real self, if there's no here, me here, there's no we there, right? right. It's really, it becomes just a very reactive. Uh, sort of relationship based on our family dynamics or inherited patterns and so on. So meditation can actually help us um, move into uh, deeper intimacy with another. So let's talk a little bit about those reactive experiences we can have with partners. Um, you mentioned that you and your husband were similar but very different. And which I imagine, yeah, brought up some tension and some, uh, yeah, reactive opportunities. Right. right. <laughs> How was that for you? Well, I mean, it was, it was very, very difficult. I mean, I, I think that's why I went in search of a lot of this. And I, I think something that really helped me so much was something you mentioned, which is called the window of tolerance, also called the window of presence. Um, that really lets me know when am I in that window and when am I activated into fight or flight or friend, as we call it, or activate also into going numb, you know, disassociating. And if I'm doing either one of those, I've left my window of presence. Mm-hmm. So, can, can, can we expand on that just a little for folks who may not be familiar with that, what that sure. means? Yeah. Yeah, let's give them a little more context. Okay, well, um, I, I like to think of it like sort of maybe a layer cake or something. Right in the middle, we might call that the window of presence. <clears throat> so this is kind of like a drawing. 
And right there you are calm, you're clear, you can speak um, with compassion, you're, you're still curious, you're still creative, you're courageous. But then all of a sudden you might go shooting out, you know, onto the icing way up at the top, and all of a sudden you are in fight. You know, you're saying mean things, you're saying unkind things, you're rude, um, or you're in um, flight, you're running out of the room, I'm done, I'm not going to be here, I'm jumping in my car, goodbye. <laughs> or you're in friend, like, oh, well, whatever you say, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, just friending someone for the purpose of getting them off your back. Mm-hmm. Okay, or you can go numb, which is also really, in, in my mind, high activation, but it doesn't look like it. You're very numb. You stop speaking. You curl up in a little ball. Or you disassociate, and quite honestly, you're not even in the same room, really. Your body's there, but you're not really there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do what we call flop. You just kind of flop and give up. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those ways, you're outside of that window where you can, you know, really right in the center, stay in that place of essence within yourself, stay present. And you you might have to say something like, this is very difficult for me, I need to take a little break, I'll be right back. That's still in the window of presence. Right. So out of it is when we're in a reactive state. We're not aware that we're in a reactive state, right? Mm -hmm. And we just go with one of the things you described. Right, and it's also very hard to control because, you know, we different people have different forms of trauma, so you can get activated into trauma. That's what we call the trauma highway. Those neurosynapses are actually overcoupled, and you really don't have a choice, unfortunately, until you've done the work to sort of untangle those. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There you go. Right, perfect. So we have context, right? So when we're talking about your window of presence, the way you put it, um, our reactive states, this is the, the landscape for what we're talking about here. In relationship, this is very familiar for a lot of us, right? We, oh, yes. We, we may or may not have done some work. Meditation helps us stay in our window of presence. Mm-hmm. And yet, the, the less we have, the less work we have done on ourselves and in our meditation practice, the more reactive. Well, you know, I can speak for myself, for sure. Huge reactive states. I can remember a relationship I had for, you know, many, many years. We were like the clash of the titans. Mm-hmm. And it just became our our routine. Right. Until one of us awakened and moved outside of that reactive story. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I got some tools. Right? right, meditation yeah. tools. How can I tolerate these feelings that come up inside me, or or these numb or these shut down thoughts? How can I get more conscious? Which is what the moving meditation and meditation help us do, right? Absolutely, right. So you can stay with if you're really angry. I mean, you can stay with that and keep moving with it, and. You know, if you are doing that in a way that's not trying to hurt someone else and not trying to hurt yourself, um, but you're just staying with the emotion and letting it move through you like energy. Yeah. And it it will transform. Yeah. It will will transform. So let's tell some a few stories about some of our reactive states, uh, pre and post meditation practice. (laughs) Okay. I would say, you know, my biggest one actually was crying. I mean, I would cry. I would be so upset, I would cry, and um, I think I really did expect my husband at that time to um, 
to stop what he was doing and take care of me and say, honey, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, but that didn't, did not happen, and that did not work. <laughs> I was trying to make it work. It's the only thing I knew. Mm-hmm. I was right. so overwhelmed. So then in meditation and in, especially in moving meditation, I learned to really allow my sorrow to move through my body. I mean, what was it? What were all those tears to let my whole body cry in my dance? And mm-hmm. um, and that allowed me to stay much calmer and more mm-hmm. regulated. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, for me, I would say my first strategy active states was be, uh, attend and be friends. I shut my own feelings off and I became hyper-focused on the person trying to accommodate them mm-hmm. until a volcano grew inside me, which we can talk about when we come back after the break. Mm-hmm. And meditation helped me deal with that. Everybody sit tight. We're going to be right back. Or sit. Or just sit and breathe. Have a meditation moment. We're going to go to commercial break. We'll be back right after these messages right here on Real-Time Relationships. I'm Marianne Camarado, uh, and we'll be right back. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at it 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended, delivered straight to your home or office economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to You now. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about the benefits of meditation in the realm of relationship. Your relationship with yourself, with another, uh, with family, with uh, God, the divine, and uh, community, humanity. There's all, we are relational creatures. So meditation is going to help you in any area that you are in relationship, which is everywhere, by the way. Um, before the break, oh, we're joining us today is a colleague and psychotherapist, Christine, um, who has so generously uh, shared her 
or morning. I don't know where what time it is where you're listening right now, but she's joining us today to share her experience, her extensive experience over the years with meditation practice and how it's affected her relationships. And in a little bit, we'll talk about how uh, it's helped her clients over the years as well. Um, so right before the break, we were talking about our go-to reactive states. Uh, Christine, you mentioned yours was that sort of very weepy, crying, emotional strategy mm-hmm. um, when you felt overwhelmed and then after meditation practice you were able to feel those feelings and then make different choices that were more uh, effective for you. Um, right. Mine was um, for many years the attend and be friends. I wouldn't even know what I was feeling after a while. I would just shut off and I've had a lot of trauma in my uh, early years which makes sense that I would that that would be the way uh, my reactions constellated. And then after many years, uh, a volcano of anger finally came, yay, and I was able to learn consciously how to feel uh, after two years of feeling all kinds of rage, which was terrifying, but consciously, right, feeling that, using moving meditation to move through that, and and then through the, the rest of the process. So. So uh, some of you might be thinking, wow, I thought we were going to talk about sitting meditation only. Oh, my gosh, there's so many forms of meditation, right? There are many forms. Christine and I share moving meditation as our love, our practice, and something we teach in the world. Um, But there are many forms. Uh, You might be a person interested in Vedanta, Buddhism, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, We... uh, have a synthesis, each of us, of uh, meditation practices that we use. So that's what we're, we're talking about. But whatever your practice is, it, it can address these, these issues that we're talking about. So moving forward from this reactive state and, and how this supports our relationship, Christine, what are some of the biggest changes you noticed in your relationships pre- and post-meditation practices across the board? With yourself, with an intimate partner, you know, all the way around. What did you What did you notice the most? Well, I think because I was more able to pause. I, I just think pause is such a wonderful word. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah, the yeah. word. I love the capacity to do it. I love the ability to slow down. Um, you know, my kids and I used to watch Mr. Rogers all the time, and I, I thought that man was a Buddhist, you know. He was, you know, slow and kind and open to everyone. So I just think it really enhanced my ability to be present, to be intimate, to be close, to allow all the tenderness I felt to really be there, um, and to not respond before the moment when I really could in a way that had more of my own presence in the moment. Mm-hmm. No, because before the words would just fly out of my mouth or I'd start sobbing, and and then I really didn't after I'd mm-hmm. learned to really um, allow myself to slow down. And also, mm-hmm. I didn't body those emotions myself. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about when we are in partnership or relationship to others who have these skills and who don't. Let's give mm-hmm. some examples uh, because, you know, not, uh, not everybody we run into no. is skilled or, or is using their, their tools, even though they might have them. Let's talk about the right. different ways that we're in relationship. Well, I mean, oh, yes. I mean, goodness. I mean, yeah. I, would say, I would say most people, I don't know if I should say that, many people are, are not um, in, in this place. They're, they're, maybe they're not meditating. Or if they are meditating, 
they're they don't, not taking it so seriously that it is their whole life. Mm-hmm. In other words, I open my eyes in this moment. This person's here. I am in a meditation, quite honestly, mm-hmm. you know, with them. Mm-hmm. But if my meditation, even if I do it once a day and I, I confine it to those 20 minutes and then I get up and go about life as usual, that's probably not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really saying, this is my life. There's no way around it. I mean, this is the practice that I live by because I believe in it. So that changes everything in your relationship with every human being and every living thing. Yeah. And, yeah, I I was thinking myself, I could, well, lately I've been focusing on it, as I mentioned in the beginning of the program, focusing on sort of recommitting and setting new intentions around my practice. Because I agree with you, my life is my practice. I mean, it's not about, we, even when we teach classes, you know, the, the, the tools we learn, the, the whole point is how do we use these tools, skills, and resources in the real world? When we say right. real world, you know, we mean moving through the grocery store lines and right. on customer service holds, um, getting our job done, interacting with people, you know, this really quickening uh, way of life that we have. But I was thinking, for me, the progression has been, it hasn't been linear. It often feels like two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. In some, in some senses, for a long time. And then there was something that shifted for me, where, like you said, where it really became apparent that my whole life was a moving meditation. Mm-hmm. That every opportunity is one where I have an invitation to pause, become interior reference to notice what's happening around me and and have some choice in the matter of how I respond to what's happening or letting life move through me, being able to name and, and so on. But but I would say for me there was a real line. I can remember when it happened, where I was, and how I have been different ever since. And I would, I would give it credit, 100% credit to my practice, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say absolutely. I credit my practice 100%. I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is the good news, right? It's, it's, a, very, it's a very good news. It becomes so important and so uh, a piece of who you are and who I am at the deepest level, that that is the way it has to be. If I'm resting in my essence and I'm present, that's where I am. Exactly. Or I'm, so, or not. <laughs> exactly. Right? Because we're human and life is right. coming. Life is coming. It, it just keeps coming and living. Right? So right. Life wants and to live. Very fast. Right. And, yes. And that's when, you know, when we fall off the horse and when we have a practice, we say, oh, well, let's, let's uh, help, my, help me, help you, we can help each other. So, so back to the, the point about what happens when we are in relationship with folks who aren't as skilled or not mm-hmm. using their tools or, mm-hmm. you know, we're just having some kind of discord. This can be really challenging. Christine, you, you right. work with a lot of folks over the years. What, what are some takeaways that we can point to? Maybe a couple of things that we can offer folks. Um, I've got one in my back pocket. I'll start with it to give an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought up a resource uh, called Pause. Uh, there's lots of them, but I'd love for folks to have a takeaway uh, at least uh, more today. When we get back uh, after the break, I'll share mine. Mine's called Stop, Drop, and Roll. Stay tuned for that when we get back. And we're going to talk about our uh, 
sexual relationships with others. How can meditation help with sensuality, intimacy, and sexuality? When we get back right after these messages, back in just a minute. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years and at this point I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at it 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. For all your live or pre-recorded webcasting needs, come to earthchannel.com. Get your web-based message out to a select group or the whole world. It's easy. A pioneer in webcasting, earthchannel.com provides the best products and services to big corporations and government users. And now this same technology is available to you. They have the best earthcast encoders, servers, and products to meet your technical needs. But wait, don't want to mess with technical stress? No problem. They'll do it for you. EarthChannel.com is your answer. You can use webcasting for lots of things like advertising, marketing, customer support, training, and don't forget, web radio and TV. In fact, you're listening to a live EarthCast right now. So come to EarthChannel.com. Actualize your audio or video webcasting needs today. You can't beat the friendly service or the price. Call EarthChannel.com at 1-800-849-8978. That's 1-800-849-8978. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Before we went to break... Christine and I were talking about being in relationship with other, uh, another one of the hungers, how we navigate difficult spots in relationship. And, Christine, you've got a big practice. You've worked with couples and individuals and young people for many, many years. Um, And I was asking, um, what are some of the skills or resources that you would offer clients who are trying to practice and then they're with people and other folks and children and coworkers and colleagues and lovers and husbands who aren't as skilled. What do we recommend uh, for folks in this who find themselves challenged daily this scenario? <laughs> Life is daily a challenge. It's true. Uh, so I think, you know, one thing I will say to them over and over again when I'm working with someone is to say, can you feel your feet? 
you know, uh, which is a basic way of saying, are you grounded? If I can't feel my feet anymore, I know I'm, I'm gone. So this is what I do. I feel my feet, and I teach other people to feel their feet. Then can they feel some sort of support in their body? Maybe they're standing against a wall. Maybe they can feel that. Maybe they can feel their own spine. Um, maybe they're sitting on a couch, and they can feel the couch supporting their back. And then it's just breath. Are you breathing? You know, and letting that breath flow through the body. Um, if those three things for me are not happening, I need to do them to get myself more present right in that moment so I can be with this person if they're challenging. And I also don't really necessarily, I might hope a little bit that they could be there with me in that way, but quite honestly, they may not be able to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. want to lose myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, it, you know, then we pop out of ourselves and we're worried about trying to get someone else to be on the same page with us, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's just um, um, kind of a, you know, a disaster actually. Yeah, you can't move anybody else. You can't move the river. You know, say go north instead of south. Right. Mm -hmm. So the feet, 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 and breath is another way to say what Christine shared with us. Right. Find your feet. Find your seat. Find your breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And. And then we can get a read if we can stay with ourselves on how we move to the next place. What are our choice points here, right? So versus being reactive. When we're grounded, we can make choices. Um, My little uh, go-to is called stop, drop, and roll. It's very similar. Stop. You called it pause. Stop. Mm -hmm. Just stop, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Turn your attention to the interior, to your embodied self. Right? Roll around. So drop would be turning your attention to your interior, embodied self, drop in. And then roll around in your choices. Mm-hmm. Right? In that order. So those are two um, really good resources. If anybody's interested in those, take those with you. Uh, use them liberally and, and adjust and synthesize as needed. Make them your own. Uh, Christine, let's talk about sexuality. Mm-hmm. And relationship and how meditation can actually benefit your sexual intimacy, um, enhance your uh, sensuality in relationship. This is something, you know, a lot of people call uh, this kind of work tantra work. Um, not sure what your experience is, um, but we'd love to know uh, if you care to share how a meditation has helped in your sensual or sexual relationship um, over time. I think that it has increased my capacity to join with uh, the person that I love and Mm. to really surrender, to really Mm. surrender and to allow allow all those waves of pleasure to just move through my body. Mm. And that is, um, that's a big thing to be able to do. I mean, a lot of people (laughs) clamp down, you know, or close off and they they may have a sexual experience. I mean, a lot of my clients have asexual experience, but they're Mm -hmm. almost not even there. Mm-hmm. So meditation much more allows you to be totally present, to look this person in the eye, to totally you know be there in love with this other yeah. human being, and yeah. to be safe. Yeah. To so know yeah. I'm safe. Uh, what do you that those are really important considerations mm-hmm. for some of our listeners today. Uh, if they're like me, I had so little relationship with my body, and I, my, most of my sexual experience is up in my mind, mm-hmm. um, up and out, sort of that the fantasy kind of experience because there was so much pain in my body. 
Maybe right. some of you relate to that. You know, that this is a progression of coming back into the body mm. and allowing yourself to even feel pleasure. I couldn't even say the word pleasure. I'm you know, sure. Right. So many years ago, like a lot of us. It was just made me feel sick, right. <laughs> you know, right. to receive pleasure. So meditation is that invitation back into your embodied experience. Uh, it's a beautiful opportunity for you to expand, as you said, Christine, intimacy, connection, presence, and pleasure. Um, so there are many ways to experience that uh, on the dance floor through movement. Oh, yes. we, we start to feel our sexuality. Don't you see that on the dance floor quite oh, a lot? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You really do. The, you know, the libido is just a natural energy that, you know, Jung said it is it's a part of every part of life. It's not just about... Um, it's not just about, you know, sex. It's about yeah, every, yeah. every way you're creative. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that definitely rises up when you start moving the body. You start going, whoa, wait a minute, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is really good. And, um, you know, I teach a workshop all about libido, and I was just thinking uh, that in the end, I think it brings, not in the end, but one thing it brings up is tenderness. It can really bring up tenderness along with passion. Because you may be um, doing an exercise where you say to your partner, um, you know, we did this one around, you're beautiful. Your beautiful hair is resting on your shoulder. Your beautiful eyes are looking into mine. Your beautiful feet are twined together with mine. These are the kinds of things that we start going, oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> you know, and we can move closer to this person who actually can see us. Absolutely. And we can see them. Yeah. Wow, that's so powerful. It reminds me of when my husband and I were first together, and one of the things that I needed to feel, which a lot of us, well, I've climbed over that many times, was to feel safe. I didn't know when I felt safe. So being able to articulate that and so forth, meditation helps us do that, slowing yeah. down, right? right? Being together, let's just sit together, like you said. Let's just sit together. Mm -hmm. Let me feel right. myself sitting with you, right? Right. Let me maybe touch your shoulder. Yeah. Let me maybe, you know, place your hand near mine. Mm -hmm. you know, I might not get any closer than that. But mm -hmm. that can be very intimate, and everyone deserves to know that they're safe. Yeah. Exactly. If you're not safe, you should not be in the room, you know? That's right. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I'll right. tell you, we are at a very interesting time where this, this rising divine feminine mm -hmm. is restoring balance to the imbalance of the, you know, the masculine or patriarchal energies. These are not gender specific oh. here, although, yeah. although it sometimes seems like it, it's just an energy restoring balance. But this meditation right. practice can help us restore that feminine balance, the, the boundaries, the, the using our words to create safety and so on and so forth. There are endless ways that we can use meditation to help in our sexual, sensual experience of ourselves and with another. So uh, continue to explore those, folks. They, they are a gift that keeps giving. Speaking um, of which, we're at the top of the hour. What do we want to leave folks with real quick? Oh my goodness! Mm. I don't know. Mm. To be the, to be themselves, you know, to come from their own hearts, mm. and to you know really have enough time for silence, meditation, and being able to see another human being. Mm. Yes, 
Those are things worth writing down on a sticky and putting on your in the morning, right? Being yourself and making time for yourself, for your practice. Thank you so much, Christine. We're going to come back tomorrow for our wrap right after these messages. We're so glad you could join us today. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, absolutely. Sound, wonderful, wise advice uh, from my friend and colleague, Christine, uh, who's been with us this hour. Go to Marianne Live dot com or MarianCamarado dot com for more information. Sit tight, everybody. We're going to be back for our wrap in just a minute. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. for joining us and, and I noticed I kept saying sit tight I, I don't want you to sit tight I want you to sit <laughs> however however you want to sit I want to invite you to explore meditation practice whatever that looks like for you go to MarianneCamarado.com and if you're in the northern California area I know you're listening all over the world but if you're out here I teach workshops moving meditation uh, sacred, intimate, conscious movements, inquiry. Um, quite often, go to, go to our website and find out where we are teaching or go to openfor.org. Uh, you can find Christine there. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, work available to help you deepen your um, meditation or contemplation or conscious movement practice, whether you're sitting or moving. So thanks for joining us today. Make your life a meaningful experience and journey. Collect your resources. Continue your practice. I wish you every blessing. And uh, join us next time right here on Real-Time Relationships. Until then, be well.